The Dark Horse Podcast will provide you with the methods and mindset to achieve your goals both inside the gym and out. This is your source for non-biased, accurate, and actionable information and tips surrounding fitness, nutrition, and ways to stay disciplined. I'll help you cut through the noise of the fitness industry and get straight to what you need to excel and grow. Okay, all right, here we go, here we go. Welcome everybody to the Dark Horse Podcast. This is going to be episode number four. This episode is going to be all about the three most common injuries. A friend of ours, uh, when I say ours, I mean my wife and I, after the previous episode of the podcast where I had her on as a guest, uh, we had a friend of ours, Melanie Busby, asked what are the three most common injuries. So figured I would take this podcast as as a great opportunity to answer that question because that's a very good question. I'm also going to take it a couple steps further and I'm going to also provide two concepts to help better understand why injuries occur. And then towards the end of the podcast, I will give you three ways to reduce your chances of injury. All right. So a couple of different, couple of different things we're going to cover today. We've got a lot of information here. So I'm just going to jump right into it. All right. First off, uh, Melanie, your question, what are the three most common injuries? Not even close, not even close. Going to be shoulder, low back and knee. Pretty much everybody who comes into the gym, uh, is going to have one of, if not, <laughs> if not a couple of those issues going on uh, at at that time, and pretty much anybody who's been lifting for a while has had one of those things happen to them. Uh, the reason why uh, is uh, again moving into the second part of the. Po- By the way, you might get an occasional elbow or wrist, or you know, ankle or something like that, but far and away, knee, low back, and shoulder take the cake. Uh, again, it's not even really that close. Okay. So now that we know what the three most common ones are, why do they occur? I feel like, um, I feel like to really understand injury and injury prevention first, one of the most, most importantly, probably we need to understand why these things happen in the first place. Uh, some people think that they just happen just haphazardly just because, um, that, that can be partly true. Uh, other people think it's always, because of a technique issue, right? Or uh, you're not using perfect form and that's why you get hurt. And that's not true either. Not, not necessarily. So I'm going to kind of deep dive into this for a moment and, uh, <laughs> fair warning here. This might get a little bit nerdy or a little bit geeky, but, um, again, I think it's really important to understand why injuries happen before we can, um, come up with ways to prevent them. Okay. So two, two very important concepts to understand why injuries occur. First, Uh, Think of a chain, okay? Your body is a kinetic chain. Everything from your foot being on the ground up to the crown of your head and then back down to your other foot. That is your chain, okay? So to help understand this, and I'm going to bring up a couple of points in a moment, but if you were to lay a chain on the ground and you were to shape it in the form of a capital A, right? So you you have a chain, right? It has two ends and a middle. If you put the two ends on the ground and you take the middle and drag it up high where it's the highest point, right? So you basically make like a, again, like a capital A or like your, your little mountain peak, if you want to say what happens if you've got the chain laid out nice and even, and that's what you have. When you look at it, what happens when you move one link of that chain, what happens to the other links in that chain? Even though you didn't move, you didn't physically touch or move any of them. What happens to them? They all move as well, right? They're all affected. This is a great way to understand what happens to us in our bodies with our joints when we are uh, misaligned or when we're out of position or when we have a poor technique on a lift. So, um, 
Think of, I want you to remember mobile joints and stable joints. And again, this is going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get into the, <laughs> I'm going to get a little deep here. So just, just hang with me. Okay. I promise you it'll be worth it. So if we think of our body as a kinetic chain, okay, for the purposes of this podcast, I could go way into a lot more detail, but I'm, I'm going to keep it as, as quick as possible for this. Cause I want to keep these, uh, you know, episodes within 20, 25 minutes. So again, starting at our ankle, we can either have a mobile joint or a stable joint. Okay. And we need to understand that after every joint, whether it's mobile or stable, the next joint up the chain is going to be the opposite of that. Okay. So our ankle, if we, I mean, you could probably guess is a, is a mobile joint, right? There's tons of mobility in your ankle, at least hopefully, ideally, right? So moving up the quote unquote chain, right up our body, the next big joints from our ankle, remember ankle is mobile. So what's up from the ankle, the knee, the knee is, we already talked about, these are going to alternate, right? So if the ankle is mobile, the knee is going to be stable. Again, ideally it's going to be stable. Moving up from there, you got the ball and socket at the hip joint. Well, if the knee was stable, the ball and socket at the hip is going to be mobile again, hopefully. So you have ankle joint, mobile, knee joint, stable, hip joint, mobile. Up from there, we'll go to the low back for the purposes of this. If the hip is mobile, the low back should be stable. Now from the low back, we're going to jump up to the shoulder joint, the actual shoulder socket. I'm not, I'm not going to address the scapula. The scapula are a little bit different. They got kind of some different things going on. Again, for the purposes of this podcast, we're going to go from the low back, which is a stable joint or technically set of joints to the ball and socket. That is the shoulder. Shoulder should be mobile, right? If the low back is stable, shoulder should be mobile. Now, why am I rambling about this and why am I even bringing this up in terms of understanding injury? Because a lot of times injury happens because the body tries to steal mobility from a stable joint or stability from a mobile joint. And that's a, that's a bad deal. That's a bad, bad setup. So what I'm saying is, let's say you come into squat, right? It doesn't even matter what kind of squat, any squat, it doesn't matter. Let's say your ankles are, eh, say they're kind of tight, but they're, they're okay, right? Like you just, they're just normal, right? Like you just, you don't really think about it. You come in, you go, you do a warm up because I'm sure everybody's warming up. <laughs> you, <laughs> you come in, you do a warm up, and you start to squat. If you don't have very good ankle mobility, if your ankles are tight and restricted, for whatever reason, they're not very mobile. When you go to drop down into that squat, as you try to push your knee towards your toes, your body is an incredibly adaptable machine. It is going to steal mobility from wherever it can. And again, the next link up in the chain from the ankle we've already talked about is the knee. So it tries to take mobility from the knee. What's the issue with that? We already said the knee is a stable joint. It's not built for mobility, right? There's a reason you don't see knee mobility drills. Because if your knee's mobile, you're probably already injured. <laughs> uh, so you can see how this becomes an issue, right? And, and listen, remember, the opposite is also true, okay? So now, now that you've stolen 
mobility from a stable joint in the knee, right? Let's continue on with our squat example. Now that knee's not as stable. So what does it do? It tries to recruit help again, next up the chain from the hip. It tries to get stability from the hip. Again, why, why does any of this matter? Because these joints are, are doing jobs that they are not designed to do. Number one. Number two, now you have your ankle is restricted. So your knee is trying to maintain some stability while also lending to mobility, which again, it's not designed for. And in turn, now your hip is trying to lend to stability to help the knee and mobility because remember, it still has to do its job as well. So it's important to understand the, and you can continue going right on up the chain. I'm pretty sure, pretty sure by now you kind of get what I'm, what I'm saying. At least I hope so. But it's important to understand that you don't want, um, stable joints lending to mobility or vice versa. You don't want mobile joints trying to lend to stability. It's just not, it's not ideal. So remember, remember that kinetic chain analogy. Okay. This is, this is why proper warmups are important. This is why understanding, you know, the nature of, of movement patterns, squats, uh, hinges, push, pull, you know, lunging, all of that is very, very important, but I hope this is going to help to help you understand why injuries happen. And then again, towards the end of the, sh- of the, of today's episode, I'm going to talk about how to prevent them. So, so we understand that one reason or one component of injury, right, is because we're trying to get our joints and our body to do things that they're not designed to do in terms of either stability or mobility. So that's the first concept to understand. The second concept to understand are muscular imbalances. <clears throat> now, 90% of what we do in society is done anteriorly, right? Meaning it's done in front of us. We're on our phones a lot, some of us. That's in front of, right? Our hands are in front of us. Our, our heads are down, our hands are in front of us. If we have a desk job, we're typing all day, we're at a computer in front of a screen, that's in front of us. Even when we're just driving down the road, everything is in front of us. Hands in front of us, steering wheel in front of us, everything. And you may say, well, you know, when I go to the gym, I work my back, I do pull-ups or chin-ups, I do a lat pull-down, and those are phenomenal exercises, nothing wrong with them at all. Uh, pull-ups are the king of upper body exercises. However, I want you to think about when you pull your chin up to that bar, where are your hands in relation to your body? Your hands are still in front of you. You're still internally rotating, okay? So what I'm saying is most people, they'll have super strong, they'll have a, a, spe- a lot of guys are like this, unfortunately. Um, super strong chest, really developed, uh, you know, front of their shoulders, right? Massive quads, right? Uh, most people are very strong anteriorly, but you give them in, you get them into a hip hinge position, incredibly weak. Um, you get them to try and train anything with external rotation, which is basically just, you get your thumbs pointing away from you and you get your hands behind your body in, in some way, shape or form. And they're, they're incredibly weak. Um, and this is an issue. So basically what I'm saying is most people's strength lies on the front of their body as opposed to the back, which contributes to poor posture, uh, poor joint alignment, and it just increases potential injury risk. So ideally you would be equally as strong on the back side of your body as you are on the front. So, so how do you, how do you combat this? A general rule of thumb is to train the muscles that you cannot see in an attempt to prolong, again, everything from posture, shoulder health, especially, um, uh, it'll, it'll help keep the knees a little bit safer. I'm going to get into this in, in just a few minutes in a little bit more depth, but 
So I hope I hope that kind of I hope that kind of makes sense a little bit. Where most people's strength lies on the front of their body, they're pretty much fairly weak on their posterior chain. Uh, this is an issue. It's been leading lending to injuries for um, years and years, and a lot of research has come out within the last ten years or so, um, in citing that as the primary reason. Okay, so three most common injuries: knee, low back, shoulder. Two concepts to understand why they occur. Number one, the body is a kinetic chain. Remember, stable and then mobile joints and they'll alternate in that fashion as you ascend up your kinetic chain number two concept to understand muscular imbalances right we want to make sure we are training the muscles on the posterior side of our body the back side of our body as much at least as much as we are the muscles on the front of our body okay so three ways to keep from being injured or at least highly minimize our chance of injury uh, number one, I mean, qu- quite obviously, strengthen your posterior chain. Uh, again, the muscles you can't see. So what do I mean? For the shoulder, uh, let's go band pull-aparts, face pulls, high rows, black burns. Uh, if you don't know what any of these uh, exercises are, um, just use uh, the <laughs> – not trying to be funny or anything, but use Google or just shoot me an email. Uh, if you want me to you know, elaborate on this a little bit or make a social media post about it, I'll be glad to um, – or you can hit me up on social media, darkhorse.performance on Instagram, Facebook at be a dark horse. I'll be glad to explain this further. But to keep the the shoulders safe, you want to train the upper back. I, I personally believe you should hit the upper back every time you step into the gym. Doesn't matter what quote unquote day it is or what focus you have for that day. You should do something for the upper back. But again, uh, random examples here: uh, band pull aparts, face pulls, banded high rows, um, black burns. Uh, in terms of so that's for the shoulder. In terms of the the knee, you want to strengthen the hamstrings because the hamstrings are quite are literally the antagonistic, or the hamstrings are basically opposite the knee, right? So the hamstrings are directly behind the knee. The stronger the hamstrings, the safer the knee, generally speaking. For this, you're going to want to do things like reverse lunges. By the way, you you can do these for hamstrings, but almost anything you do for the hamstrings. Um, is also going to have a, at least a little bit of a glute tie-in as well. You want to strengthen your glutes to help keep your low back nice and strong and stable because remember, remember that as a stable joint, you don't want it trying to lend to mobility to other joints because it's going to take away its ability to maximize its stability. <laughs> lots of uh, lots of illities uh, in the... Uh, <laughs> in the show today. So make sure you guys let me know if this, some of the stuff I'm talking about isn't quite making sense to you. Maybe I can explain it a little bit differently. Um, I feel like, I, I feel like I'm doing at least an okay job explaining it, but if, if not, definitely let me know. I'll do my best to, uh, to try to break it down a little bit differently, but okay. So strengthen the posterior chain, three ways to reduce injury. Number one, strengthen the posterior chain, find ways to strengthen your hamstrings, keep the knee safe, your glutes, keep the back, the low back safe and your upper back to keep the shoulders safe. Number two ways to, or second way to avoid injury is going to be, and this is going to, I can almost hear, uh, the DMS of hate coming in now, avoid excessive cardio. Um, I'm sorry, but not a fan of just cardio for days. I'm just not, uh, if you want, uh, adequate cardio, go for a walk after you eat a meal, go for a walk. You wake up in the morning, go for a walk. Before you go to bed that night, go for a walk. It could be a 10-minute walk, guys. Get 2,000, an extra 2,000 steps in. That's nothing. 10 minutes, come on. Um, most people, unless you're some sort of, you know, 
aspiring athlete or something like that, most, most people can get sufficient cardio just from walking. And I know that sounds, some people might write me off right now and say I'm, I'm out of my mind or I'm out. I, I'm telling you, if you walk at a moderate to brisk pace for 10 minutes a day, if you do that once or twice, you know, a couple of times per day, that's going to suffice you with all the cardiovascular benefits you need. Um, if you don't want to do that, or if you just, you know, are dead set against doing anything like that, um, kind of re rethink the way you approach cardio. It doesn't have to, you don't have to do these 30 to 45 minute to hour long sessions of just endless, endless cardio workouts. Um, box jumps, box jumps are phenomenal. Great explosive exercise, great for getting triple extension. That's extension at the ankles, knees, and hips. Very beneficial. However, keep them low reps, multiple sets. The, the, it's completely useless to do 200 box jumps, 100 box jumps. That's completely pointless. So how does this tie into injury prevention? Because I'm telling you, when you land on that box for that 50th, 70th, 90th, 100th time, you're not landing with the same proper mechanics that you landed the third jump, the fifth jump, or the eighth jump. So all you're doing is just hammering your joints. We start landing in properly right now. It's, it's, a, it's just a, it's a soup sandwich, okay? And in terms of like endless burpees or endless running or endless whatever, it's just a bad deal. You're hammering your joints over and over with a poor movement pattern. Joints are misaligned. Body's out of position. It's just not a good deal. All right. So again, if you want, if you want some kind of like some joint friendly cardio, whatever, uh, whatever workout you have for that day, whatever your training consists of, whatever that looks like, take three or four exercises, do 25 reps of each one. Don't take any breaks in between. T tell you what, tell you what, you don't even need any equipment. Let's do body weight exercises, do 25 push ups. do 25 air squats, do 25 V ups. If you have a setup for like a inverted row, do 25 inverted rows as well. So, but move, move from exercise to exercise with no rest. Do that four times. I promise you, you'll be breathing heavy. You'll have great, you'll have great blood flow. Lungs will be pumping, right? Heart, heart rate is elevated. Core temperature is up. Everything you want from quote unquote cardio, you can get from that just as well without the constant, just again, hammering of joints. Okay. So I think I've ranted enough about that, but so three ways to reduce injury. Number one, strengthen your posterior chain. Number two, avoid excessive cardio. Number three, <clears throat> This is very important. This is why it's important to spend time in the gym under the bar, as they say. Understand that some exercises <laughs> are just not for everyone. They just are not. And I'm, I'm going to steal a, uh, a concept from uh, one of the main people I learned from, good old Joe DeFranco, old Joe D. Shout out to Joe D, the OG since 03. Uh, there are no mandatory exercises none there there's not one exercise that you quote unquote have to do none so what i'm saying is you may have for whatever reason you may be a person who cannot uh maybe you can't overhead press right so anybody don't know what i'm talking about. overhead press you just take dumbbells kettlebells a barbell whatever and you just press it overhead right so it's a shoulder um upper back exercise or upper trap exercise so Maybe you're someone who just can't do that because it hurts your shoulder. So don't do it. 
I know that sounds, I know that sounds incredibly simplistic, but you, it's amazing how many people continue to do things that cause them pain. It really is just mind blowing. And honestly, I think that a lot of it is because that's what the quote unquote instructor or the trainer or the prof- uh, supposed professional is telling them that they kind of have to do right. Oh, you got to do it. No, you don't have to do it. Listen, if you do something and it causes you joint pain, stop. Just stop. I don't care. I don't care if you're in a class or if you paid some guy or girl, you know, to be your trainer or whatever. I, I don't care about any of that. If you're doing something that causes you pain, just stop. Um, not every exercise is for every person. I promise you, if you are working with a true professional, they they can find a way to get the same training effect that they would have gotten with that exercise that causes you pain. They should know an exercise that you can do or a way to modify that exercise so that you can do it pain-free. Okay. So real quick recap, uh, three ways to reduce injury. Number one, strengthen the posterior chain. Number two, avoid excessive cardio. And number three, understand that not every exercise is for everyone. And if certain exercises are not for you, that is perfectly fine. That is okay. Because I promise you there's hundreds out there that are going to serve your purpose just fine. So Thank you, Melanie, so much for your question. I really appreciate it. I hope this helped answer it for you. Uh, for anyone else who may want a question answered on the show, again, just hit me up. Email me, darkhorseperformance at yahoo.com. I'm on Instagram, darkhorse.performance, or Facebook at Be a Dark Horse. Thank you so much, everybody. I, I got to run. I got to get my kids from school, but I hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure you leave a five-star review. Make sure you share the show with someone who may get benefit from it. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, be a dark horse. 